I have to say that it truly makes me happy when I hear more and more about the principles of zero waste, reducing carbon emissions, expansion of renewable energy, and the world moving toward a circular, sustainable economy. And while this is encouraging, I also think we need to once again pay attention and not accept things at face value. Because so many times we get distracted and even deceived by something that appears to be practical and valuable when the underlying truth is that real change is still not happening. But is this also true when it comes to carbon offsets? Are carbon offsets practical and effective, or is it just another scam? So hang around for episode 117. Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid, sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy. He has an earth shelter greenhouse and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. This is your host, Patrick, and this is episode 117, which is called Are Carbon Offsets a Scam? Now, if you listened to my last episode, Will Greening Ourselves Result in Extinction? Then you know I spent some time talking about all the things that big business and big government are doing to cover up the fact that they have no intention of reducing carbon emissions. And following that episode, I sort of thought it was appropriate to discuss in further detail the nature of carbon offsets, how they work, and whether or not this truly addresses the reduction of carbon emissions, or at least, according to big industry, the balancing of carbon emissions. So what I want to do in this episode is to first present you with some basic facts about the sources of carbon emissions, and that's probably not going to surprise you, but uh, and I also want to talk about programs that are designed to balance out those emissions, and then I'm going to give you directly opposing opinions on these issues, and finally I want to give you a real-life example. So almost daily, we seem to hear something about the effects of climate change. And as things become increasingly serious, we're going to hear more frequently about possible solutions. So what I want to do here is give you a sort of a little mini course on what it's all about. And so that in the end, you can simply make up your own mind. So on a global basis, and this is probably not going to surprise you, but there are five primary sources of greenhouse gas emissions. Our electricity and heat is responsible for about 31% of that. Our agriculture, about 11%. Our transportation, 15%. 
forestry about 6% and manufacturing about 12%. And overall, energy production accounts for about 72% of our emissions. And as the world community starts to become increasingly focused on finding solutions to climate change, climate-related policy changes and litigation are actually becoming more frequent worldwide. And it is now clear, quite clear in fact, that the involvement of big business in reducing global emissions is unavoidable. And in fact, sustainability is already becoming an integral part of business resiliency. And customers are more aware of the situation and more frequently make the decision to patronize a business that is sustainable. And consequently, one of the more convenient methods that a business can be more sustainable is through carbon offset programs. Carbon offsets are actually a valuable certificate that is issued when carbon is either removed or prevented from entering the atmosphere. So that said, there are some concerns about carbon offsets being just another means of greenwashing. And this is a term that's used to describe a company that is actually masking its unethical behavior behind a curtain of so-called green actions. And on the other hand, carbon offsetting projects can actually promote meaningful environmental and social projects. So that being said, what exactly is a carbon offset project and how does a company buy into these projects? So the basis of these programs is that every ton of emissions that is reduced by some environmental project creates a carbon offset or a carbon credit. So companies can make direct investments into carbon offset projects or even purchase carbon credits as a means of reducing their carbon footprint. So the bottom line is that a company is investing in some sort of environmental project as a means of balancing out their emissions. Now, there are several ways in which companies, as well as each and every one of us, produces carbon emissions. So obviously, we directly produce emissions by driving our vehicles, and businesses produce direct emissions from the operation of company vehicles and their own factories. But we also produce indirect emissions when we purchase electricity, which is generated by fossil fuels. And the same is true for businesses. We indirectly produce emissions through the things that we purchase every day. And companies produce emissions via their supply chains, shipping, business travel, and the extraction of raw material necessary to produce their products. And since completely eliminating any sort of carbon emissions is truly not possible, a business as well as every individual can participate in carbon offsets. 
Now, as you will see as I, as I go through and explain some of the carbon offset programs, you'll see that they're useful and beneficial in a number of different ways beyond simply reducing the amount of carbon emissions. So one such program is conservation and forestry. In fact, it is actually one of the more popular programs. So carbon, carb, uh, carbon credits are created by planting new trees or preventing trees from being cut down. And these projects can range from protecting old growth forest, rewilding former agricultural land, replanting mangroves, and restoring peat box. Forestry and conservation projects tend to be a little on the expensive side, but they are often chosen because of the wide range of benefits produced beyond carbon offsets. Because such projects protect wildlife, restore ecosystems, and even protect local social heritage. And one such project in the United States is Michigan's Big Wild Forest Project and this includes the Pigeon River Country State Forest, which is a 100,000 acre project, and the Wolverine Copper Country Project, which focuses on restoring hardwood forests. And businesses interested in offsetting their carbon emissions can purchase credits to help fund these projects. And for example, DTE Energy which is one of the largest providers of electricity in Michigan, has actually purchased $18 million in carbon credits, but they are also closing coal-fired plants and replacing them with renewable energy systems. Then, speaking of which, renewable energy is the next major carbon offset program, building and maintaining solar, wind, and hydro energy projects around the world. And companies can invest in these projects in order to boost the amount of renewable energy on the grid, but such projects also create jobs. And one such project is the Bokol plant in Senegal, which is in West Africa. And this plant provides renewable energy to 160,000 people. It creates local jobs and it actually saves the government $5 million a year. And profits from selling carbon credits are fed back into the local community. So the next big area for carbon offsets is community projects. So these projects are quite often introduced to underdeveloped communities where they introduce technology and methods of energy efficiency. And these types of projects promote sustainability and can often relieve poverty conditions in entire regions. And one such project is the Water Sanitation and Hygiene Project in Ethiopia. This project provides clean water and reducing carbon emissions because families no longer have to burn firewood to boil water as a means of purification. And this in turn protects local forests and also provides local jobs. 
And now another common project is called waste to energy. And this often involves capturing methane from landfills or agricultural waste and converting it into electricity. And a good example of this type of project is in Vietnam that is training locals to build and maintain biogas digesters, which turns waste into an affordable, renewable, clean source of energy. And this project also helps to protect the local forest because firewood is no longer needed. So now that's kind of a quick rundown of some of the more, car more common carbon offset programs. And these programs obviously provide a wide range of environmental, economic, and social benefits beyond the carbon offsets that are produced. But as you can likely imagine, there are some pretty strong opposing opinions about these programs because people argue on one hand they're very beneficial and productive, and other people argue that these programs are just a scam. So what I'm going to do here for a couple of minutes is just directly quote some information from a couple of websites, but I'm also going to provide links to these websites in order to give appropriate credit for this information. Now the following information is a direct quote from a website called carboncredits.com. Some critics, cr critics argue that carbon offsets are a scam, but there are actually several key points to consider in the debate. Firstly, carbon offsets are a legitimate and effective way for individuals and companies to reduce their carbon footprint and mitigate their contribution to climate change. Secondly, carbon offset programs are regulated by third-party organizations that verify the validity and effectiveness of the offsets purchased. And lastly, carbon offset projects often provide additional benefits beyond reducing carbon emissions, such as supporting renewable energy development and improving local economies. So once again, that is a direct quote from a website called carboncredits.com. So now for the opposing opinion. This information is quoted directly from an article sponsored by the Greenpeace organization, and it is titled, Carbon Credits Are a Scam. Carbon offsetting is truly a scammer's dream scheme. It is bookkeeping trick intended to obscure climate wrecking emissions. It's tree planting window dressing aimed at distracting from ecosystem destruction. It is the next big thing in greenwashing, and we must not be fooled. The climate crisis is real, and we all need real solutions. Meanwhile, the fraud of carbon offsetting is built upon many of the hallmarks of a classic con. Greed drives it. Big oil and corporate polluters want to keep polluting or putting profits over people and the planet. It feigns compassion. The same climate villains want to publicly appear to be taking climate action to help their image. It's total 
greenwashing. It preys on fear. With climate impacts already increasing worldwide, we are all afraid of experiencing the worst case climate scenarios and it takes advantage of uncertainty. Climate denial and misinformation bankrolled by big oil has intentionally fostered unnecessary and counterproductive confusion despite the science being clear that we urgently need to drastically reduce carbon emissions in order to stay on track for the Paris Agreement 1.5 Celsius warming limit. We need real solutions. We need to get emissions down to real zero without being distracted or derailed by offsets and so-called net zero. Now, once again, that was a direct quote from the Greenpeace website that sponsored an article that's titled Carbon Offsets Are a Scam. And I will provide a link directly to this article and website in the resources section of the transcript. Now, obviously, in this case, there are some pretty strong opposing opinions. One side says this is a legitimate program providing numerous benefits beyond the carbon offsets, and the other side saying this is hogwash, it's greenwashing, and it's a total scam and it's something we cannot be fooled by. So obviously, you know, there's some pretty strong opinions on this, but I want to counter that by just taking a practical look at things and, and, and taking the practical side of things. And while we're doing this, I want to have you think about an old saying. And this old saying is, if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you always got. Now, just keep that saying in mind as I'm going through kind of a summary here and looking at the reality of carbon offsets. So now let's think for a minute about the forestry and conservation projects in Michigan. So the forests there are now being protected. They were there in the first place. So if companies are purchasing carbon offsets, then they are paying something, paying for something that was going to happen in the first place, meaning the removal of carbon from the atmosphere by the trees. Now, unless the Department of Natural Resources reduces or eliminates harvesting of the trees and increases reforestation for the payments that they receive, then this project accomplishes nothing. Companies invest in these projects and still maintain the same level of carbon emissions. And in my opinion, cutting emissions instead of trees is probably a better way to go. So now let's think of this in a little bit of a different way. Obviously, a coal-fired power plant emits CO2 into the atmosphere, which causes global warming, which is something we need to change. But the owner of the coal-fired plant purchased carbon credits in the 100,000-acre project in Michigan. And now they can point to that forest and say, look, I am paying for those trees to not be burned or cut down, so now we're even. And meanwhile, they continue burning coal, 
which contributes to global warming. So that being said, let's talk a little bit about trees. Trees are a natural carbon sink because they continue to absorb carbon as they grow. And how much CO2 they absorb, it really just kind of depends on their size, their age, the type of tree they are, and where they are growing, as well as some other factors. But at any rate, even smaller trees provide some obvious benefits. And for example, a tree that is less than eight inches in diameter produces 12 pounds of oxygen, which allows six people to breathe for a day. It stores four pounds of carbon. It produces 119 gallons of water evaporation, which in turn produces the cooling effect of five air conditioners running for 20 hours. One acre of trees absorbs about 2.36 metric tons of CO2. And based on all of this information, you would think that planting trees is a great way to offset our carbon emissions. But again, let's look at the true reality. In 2020, the United States produced 5,222 million metric tons of carbon dioxide emissions. And in 2021, the per capita CO2 emissions was 14.24 metric tons per person. So can we truly plant enough trees to offset these kinds of emissions? Well, the problem is that since the year 1600, 90% of the virgin forest in the United States has been cleared. And this means we have a lot of planning to do. But in order to offset our emissions, we would need 2.21 billion acres of trees. And there is only 2.43 billion acres of land in the U.S., and 30% of that is arid or semi-arid land. And presently, 40% of our land is now at risk of turning into desert because of global warming. So just speaking from a logistical perspective, planting trees as a carbon offset is not going to work or it is not going to be nearly sufficient. Now, here's another way to look at this at least from a personal perspective. And this is simply based on the logic of carbon offsets. So on a personal basis, the major contributors to our individual carbon footprints is the food we eat, the products we consume, our personal transportation, and our household energy. So despite the fact that I live off the grid, consider for a moment that I am no different from anyone else. I produce 14.24 metric tons of emissions every year. And now my homestead property is a little over 46 acres and it is completely covered with trees. That acreage absorbs approximately 108 metric tons of CO2 and that effectively gives me 
94 metric tons of carbon credit every year. So apparently, I am set for life. So what that means is I can eat whatever I want, despite the fact that meat production has a huge environmental impact. That means I can drive the the biggest truck possible for as many miles as I want, despite the fact that I would continue to pollute the environment. That means I can heat both of my cabins with nothing but propane, despite the fact that I am burning fossil fuels. And I can do all of these things because I sit on 46 acres of trees, and that is my carbon credit for life. I guess I can just sit up on my little mountain and languish in my carbon credits and just do whatever I want without making any personal changes. And that is simply based on this logic of carbon offsets. However, think about all of this for a moment. Conservation and reforestation projects are are a common carbon offset program, but we should be practicing conservation and reforestation anyway because we are protecting the ecosystems on which we depend for our very survival. Renewable energy projects are another common carbon offset. But we should be using renewable energy in the first place because it makes more sense. The amount of solar energy that hits our planet in a single day is more than enough power for the entire planet for one year. The extraction and usage of fossil fuels continues to pollute the environment. Community projects are fantastic because it improves the lifestyle of impoverished people and protects their health and well-being. And one of the pillars of sustainability, of course, is people. Developed countries should make the effort to help those that live in poverty, and by doing so, we prevent damage to the local environment from people just trying to maintain a decent standard of living. Waste-to-energy projects are fantastic because it's just another form of renewable energy that we can use instead of fossil fuels. So just in the big picture here, just think about this for a moment. What is the better choice? I sit happily on my carbon credits for life while eating whatever I want, consuming as much as possible, driving wherever and whenever I want, and heating my cabins with fossil fuels. But as you probably well know, we don't do that. We power the entire homestead off of renewable energy and the cabins are so efficient that we use 80% less electricity than the average home. We grow a lot of our own vegetables and herbs. We raise our own chickens and turkeys and acquire game meat from local sources. And because such habits are proven to be healthier and sustainable and we have an efficient water system and we use 90% less water than the average American household. And even in this past year, we added a sunroom on the south-facing side of the cabin to take advantage of passive solar energy 
and by doing so, we reduced our consumption of firewood by at least 30%. And once I realized all the commuting that I was doing was responsible for my biggest personal environmental impact, I changed how and who I was working for and I reduced my commuting by about 60%. So I would ask, what is better? Carbon offsets or actions that are proven to safeguard the environment and reduce our personal impact? What is better? The owner of a coal-fired power plant purchasing carbon credits and patting themselves on the back or closing the plant and building one based on renewable energy. But I would contend that the greatest impact is going to be achieved by doing both. If you always do what you've always done, you are always going to get what you always got. And as I said in my last episode, the reality is that things that would truly make the difference is developing mass transportation, substantially reducing personal car ownership, simply ending oil and gas exploration, closing coal mines, building community-based renewable energy plants, doing away with industrialized farming, promoting and building local organic farming systems, which have been proven to enhance nutrition, improve biodiversity, and quality of life. And the simple fact is we can no longer have an economic system focused on capital accumulation, which allows corporate profits to prevail over the well-being of people and the environment. And according to NASA, the effects of human-caused global warming are happening now. They are irreversible on the timescale of people alive today and will worsen in the decades to come. Now, in the end, I do believe that carbon offset programs are not a complete scam. Because these programs, they obviously provide a lot of environmental, economic, and social benefits. However, we just cannot be distracted by these programs as a possible solution to our carbon emissions. Because I believe that to do so would be disastrous because we are not focusing on changing the underlying behavior that got us in this situation in the first place conservation and forestry practices, renewable energy, community projects, and waste to energy are all things we should be doing anyway. We should not be using these things as a commodity that rationalizes continued irresponsible behavior. I think it is obvious that real action and real reductions in emissions is exactly what we need to focus on. Carbon offsets really should just be icing on the cake of a sustainable lifestyle because such things extend our positive impact even further. And a lifetime of sustainable behavior is what will change the world, not carbon offsets 
that give us an excuse to not change our behavior. Well, folks, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode and it has given you a lot to think about. And I hope that you will join me again next week because I'm going to discuss another topic that we hear about quite frequently, and that is the transition to electric cars. So is this something we truly should consider, or do they produce even more environmental impact? So join me next week and find out. But until then, I want to give you one last thing to think about. Someone said to me once that you always, always, always reap what you sow. Now, when you think about that from a sustainable perspective, you can begin to appreciate why our world is in its present condition. But despite what the news media likes to say, I do not believe all is lost. We are not yet past the point of no return. Living a sustainable life is really truly a matter of paying attention to all the little details, mastering one concept at a time, and having one small success at a time. But this really truly it's no different from anything else in our lives, because taking care of the little details and mastering small-scale success represents the most dependable road to realizing big dreams. And that is how we will save the world, one small-scale success at a time. So join me next week for another episode in the Adventures of Sustainable Living podcast. But for now, this is your host, Patrick, signing off. Always remember to live sustainably because this is how we build a better future.